hello, hello. Welcome to Streetwise, the podcast companion to the pitch from Kansas City, covering the best, the worst, and everything in between about our great city. I'm your host and editor-in-chief of the pitch, Brock Wilbur. Thank you guys for coming back again this next week. Thank you guys for coming back again this week. How is everybody doing out there? Uh, I hope well. I hope you're looking forward to what comes next as the city begins to open itself back up. Um, boy, it's an odd time to be like, well, there's there's positives and negatives of this uh, this coming about. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen a number of people online that have thought that I'm a bit of a snowflake and uh, seem to have a very strong opinion about how this is a bad idea. I, I I'm not... I'm not too strongly in the camp, you know, like, uh, I, I hope that people stay at home. I hope that people take care of themselves. I hope that people practice safe social distancing and wear masks and do all the things that they're supposed to. I've just seen so many people through this that have not, that I don't imagine, uh, enough people are going to keep up during this. And that, uh, that presents some issues that presents some quandaries. Um, what happens next? What happens next in our city and how do we take care of things? And and nationally, you know, I'm, we've crossed over the line of 60,000 deaths, which is something like 2911s, uh, which should give people pause in considering how much we need to get back to work. And in terms of getting back to work, once the stay-at-home orders lift, any business can tell you that it's time to come back to work. And if you don't feel comfortable not only will you be fired, um, but that means that you've basically quit and do not qualify for unemployment at that point. So uh, this is going to create a real catch-22 for a lot of people that really want to get back to work uh, and businesses that really need to start operating again versus what it means for people's safeties. And uh, we have some concerns about that here. Uh, but at the same time, uh, people that keep telling me via emails to the editor, which uh Boy, uh, I, I wish I could read some of those to you, but uh, you'd find them too weird and upsetting. Uh, think that I have some sort of political agenda to uh, to keep people staying home. I assure you that I don't, because the pitch is in danger of closing down each and every day that we don't have uh, our normal sponsors back in operation. We we depend on this ending as soon as possible. Uh, we also just care about people a lot more than we care about, you know, getting a paycheck. Uh, and sometimes that creates some some issues, and I, I understand why. And there's so many businesses that even when this is starting to wind back up again, we'll have months and months before they can really get back into the swing of things. One of the best stories out of the city this week is that uh, our friends over at Boulevard Brewing have started a new program uh, called KC uh, Pills Pals. Uh, and uh, through this uh, program... All their Pilsners sold uh, from this point on through the end of summer. The profits from that go to support the Nelson Atkins Museum, who certainly needs the money to remain afloat because they will not be they will not be back anytime soon. And what an incredible thing to see two Kansas City institutions supporting each other. So uh, today, instead of reading anything from the magazine, I just thought I'd take care of reading something to you that really matters right now for everyone to hear. And, and I imagine that a lot of you haven't had time to dig into it. Uh, and so just going to take care of it now. Um, later in the show, we've got a music segment. And after that, I talked to Kelsey McKinney, the digital editor uh, for The Pitch, uh, who is just a delight and has been doing digital fashion shows and dance parties and things and really has found a cool social life during this time. Uh, but right now, I'm going to read through the plan 
that was just announced uh, by Mayor Quentin Lucas. Uh, it's his 10-10-10 plan, which is Kansas City's plan to resume operations. Uh, and this is just sort of the basic Q&A of things. It lays out a lot of the important stuff that you need to know as we get back into the swing of things. So here, here is everything directly uh, from the city's health website. Question, why is the city still under an emergency order? Okay, well, COVID-19 is present throughout the greater Kansas City region and continues to spread throughout the community. Because of the sustained transmission, it is necessary to continue these efforts to protect the health and the safety of all Kansas City residents. The latest version of Mayor Lucas's emergency order allows for certain business activities to resume while ensuring necessary public health measures remain in place. Question, when will the new emergency order take effect? The updated order will take effect at 12.01 a.m. on May 6th, 2020. The order will be evaluated on an ongoing basis and may be modified as circumstances change based on guidance from public health officials and other medical experts. Question, what changes from the previous orders? Okay, so Kansas City will begin operating under a 10-10-10 rule. The primary changes are as follows. Non-essential business operations that are not open to the public can resume in-person and delivery operations, provided they operate in accordance with guidance provided by the health department and allow workers to maintain social distancing. Most non-essential business operations that are open to the public, such as non-essential retail stores and personal care services, can resume in-person operations provided businesses operate while following the 10-10-10 rule. That rule specifies that these businesses must limit the number of customers allowed to no more than 10% of the building occupancy or 10 people, whichever is larger, and record the names and contact information and approximate entry-exit time of all customers who are on the premises for more than 10 minutes. Religious gatherings, including weddings and funerals of 10 people inside and 50 people outside can resume, provided social distancing is maintained and event organizers record the names and contact information of all the attendees. Question, how do I know if a business is subject to the 10-10-10 rule? All essential businesses that are open to the public are subject to the 10% 10-person occupancy restriction. Businesses, primarily retail stores, where the typical customer is on site for less than 10 minutes, do not have to record customer names and contact information. A good rule of thumb is that businesses must record contact information if customers typically sit down to frequent a business. Examples of this include beauty salons and other personal service providers where the typical customer re remains on site for more than 10 minutes. Which businesses must remain closed? Gyms, museums, bars, in-person restaurant dining, dog parks, playgrounds, movie theaters, and public access to government buildings and community centers. We currently anticipate that these establishments will be able to reopen on May 15th, subject to the 10-10-10 rule. Question, can restaurants reopen after May 6th? No, in-person dining restaurants must stay closed until at least May 15th. Question, why are you requiring certain businesses to record information about customers? Well, one of the primary means of transmission of COVID-19 is in-person interactions with is in-person interactions that last more than a few minutes. By recording customer names, businesses will enable the Kansas City Health Department to more quickly trace, test, and isolate individuals who may have been exposed to COVID-19 if an employee or customer had the virus at the time that they frequented the business. Businesses can and should refuse service to customers who do not provide their name and contact information, phone number at minimum. How long must these how long must these businesses keep their records? The answer is a minimum of 30 days. Question, what are the general guidelines businesses can follow to keep employees and customers safe? 
Require all employees and customers to wear masks or other facial coverings. Allow employees to maintain at least six feet of distance from each other and customers as much as feasible. Implement sick leave policies which allow any employee who shows signs of COVID-19 infection, such as fever, cough, shortness of breath, to remain home at least three days after the symptoms have abated. Send home any employee who exhibits COVID-19 symptoms while at work. Provide easy access to hand sanitizer for employees and customers. Encourage employees to regularly wash their hands with soap for at least 20 seconds. Regularly disinfect commonly used surfaces such as door handles, counters, and payment terminals. And limit cash exchanges. Are religious services, weddings, and funerals allowed? Yes, starting May 6th, indoor social events of 10 people or less and outdoor social events of 50 people or less are permitted, provided social distancing precautions are followed and event organizers record the names and contact information of everyone in attendance. So I, I, I get what we're doing here. We're sort of ramping up and we truly are paying attention to the science in a way that a number of the states are lifting restrictions and not encouraging people to do so. Pretty, pretty okay with this plan on a number of levels. There is so much about it that I also find, look, I, I know that there's probably a number of you that think I'm a, a liberal NPR snowflake who, uh, who believes in, in, in a lot of things that I don't believe in. One of the things that I do believe in is personal privacy. And that has always been something that has very much bothered me. Uh, Having a list that we send to the government of places where I go and the forthcoming apps from both Google and Apple that are encouraged to be used uh, to track the spread of COVID-19. These are things that under normal situations, I would say there's no chance I'm handing over my information for something like that. But I recognize that we are in a very different situation right now. So uh, consider my, my protests on that one much lesser than usual if my concerns do uh, somewhat remain the same. So that's sort of the place that I live in here. I, I have a cautious optimism about where we go. And perhaps the most important part of the mayor's 10-10-10 plan is that he has retained the rights that if anything in the numbers starts to go south on this, we will immediately go back to where we started. We will start winding things back down and we will make sure that people don't die, which is probably the most important thing. None of this is set in stone. Everything involves testing. Everything involves looking at the numbers and looking at the science. And that feels pretty good. So that's where we are. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on, on what you want to see happen next. Uh, if you are going back to work, please take care of yourselves. Uh, make sure to protect yourself and your families. Uh, if you are still able to work from home or you will not be returning to work soon, uh, I hope that we find a way through this. I hope that we see uh, another round of financial support from the government, which we should have been doing in, in, in much greater amounts already. So... I, I feel okay-ish. I hope you feel okay-ish about where we are, too. Uh, here's Nick's Music Corner. Hello, I'm Nick Spasic, the music editor for The Pitch, and I'm here with this week's local music recommendation. In recent months, rapper Flair the Rebel's work on tracks like Fut With Me and Rosé All Day have demonstrated the musician's abilities outside his prior time as part of the hip-hop collective Anti-Crew. Now with the two-part royalty, Flair shows that he's aiming even further and higher. Not only does the music discuss the trials and tribulations which accompany the path to success, it looks at how one struggles once that success is achieved. 
As an adjunct to the release, a poster featuring the album art by artist J.T. Daniels will be sold to benefit the Equal Justice Initiative, a group committed to ending mass incarceration and excessive punishment in the United States, to challenging racial and economic injustice, and to protecting basic human rights for the most vulnerable people in American society. It's a lofty goal, and one I was excited to discuss with Flair when we spoke by phone last month. You can check out our chat at The Pitch and hear Royalty Part 1 now. Then you can check out part two and an instrumental version on Spotify. Trying to get to the throne, right? Yeah. Swinging the pendulum, I'm giving them more than the bare minimum. Maybe they not ready. I'm taking the top ten of them slots, rocking them out of the box, got it on lockdown. Take us mind, time and never better than right now. It's funny how I was never considered to cast me out. Till they saw a mic in my hand, now they like wow. How the weather's better with a couple of clouds It's called struggling, hustle, making you build muscle Surviving the turbulence will give you a stronger life in the world and all its glory I'm writing my own story, always been mandatory The car for own category, did you see my glass was empty? Won't you go and fill it for me with the finest champagne Spark and bubble my mainframe, take aim at success with my name Stand in my way, I ain't afraid to change lanes, man, king shit Now, here is my interview with Kelsey McKenning. 
Kelsey McKinney, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderful. As wonderful as one can do. You work for The Pitch, and I honestly do not know what your title is because you do everything. What is your actual job title? (laughs) Well, my job title is digital editor, but I feel like that doesn't even cover it. I just okay, thank God, because I was going to say that your job title was digital, just like the one word. But like you also work on the physical magazine, so it, it seemed limiting. Like there's there's you also run the internship programs. You you design everything. You shoot things. You're you're the one that keeps the ship afloat. And if anything ever happens to you, will die. I'm really honored for that, um, for you saying that. Honestly, it's just a matter of like, if I think too hard about it, I get dizzy. I just do all the things. That's kind of the way to explain it. <laughs> We are we are a small ship, uh, and uh, I am not the captain. Uh, <laughs> I would like to think because I usually come to you and I'm like, should I do this? And you are my uh, both angel and devil on the shoulder of like, we've I not tried. done that before, but we could do it and just see if it makes people mad. So that's that's, that's helpful to me. <laughs> I think that's the fun thing of being on a smaller team, though. It's like we can we can take more chances. And it's a lot easier to fail and like be okay with failing and just moving on. Like if I had a count for the number of times I've put a typo in a subject line of an email we've sent, like I I would be counting for days. So there's but just... you also <laughs> send all of the emails. So just out of a pure numbers game, that is what it is. Yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> which also you're our copywriter on things too. And you catch all the typos that I leave in. So again, you just sort of do everything. How is COVID lockdown treating you? It's been a mixed bag, dude. I think I think one thing that's important to talk about is like, I feel really lucky that I get to work with you. Oh, I'm getting so cheesy right now. I feel really lucky that I get to work with you because you do such a good job of like checking in on my mental health. Like I feel really lucky to be that, that the pitch is an environment where we can be really honest about how we feel because I'm a super like candid, vulnerable, open person. Like I... You do say everything you think and feel. I can't overstate that enough. <laughs> Just constantly 24 7 open book um so it's just nice that i'm in a in a space where that's acceptable and i'm not like which is nice because uh old, employees that are older than me you're you're a baby you're a child oh god yeah this thing and people that are older than uh than me at the uh, publication like to put things in a little hellraiser emotional puzzle box inside that that shakes uh until one day it explodes and destroys everything so yeah being <laughs> Being emotionally available is is a nice is a nice element. <laughs> it is. It's great. But yeah, no, you know, I was gonna say like being stuck inside has been both really boring and really fascinating. Like I'm I'm stuck at home with my partner. I know you are too. Like we both um, are home with someone, which is I'm so grateful for that. But I I don't have an office anymore. I have a co office now, which is also very different and now i feel like i work for my boyfriend's company too which is also very interesting because you overhear all the calls and the meetings oh, yeah. and stuff or oh okay. yeah both of us and like let's be real too travis is my travis young is my my boyfriend and he does some photography for us too so like i'll loop him into pitch conversations sometimes so it's like there's just so much more crossover than before are you like writing for his company then? Like it no, seems God, like yeah, no. it's just a bleed over. <laughs> no, I just mostly, um, I do like, like if he's frustrated with something or whatever, I'll be like, yeah, I'm invested too. Like, screw that. That's stupid. And it's like, I, why am I adding that to my plate? Like, that's not necessary. Oh, you're doing the inner office fights of another company yes. that is not yes. compensating you. What a wonderful <laughs> time. What has been, 
what has been the absolute worst part of being sequestered with your partner? People can tell the good parts. Uh, yeah. What is like the smallest, dumbest thing? I think the small, dumb thing is, I mean, I think it's just like if someone's in a bad mood, you kind of can't help but but like ride that bad mood train too. Like it's really difficult mm-hmm. to separate feelings. Like I think in the beginning we did a really good job of like, hey, when you're having a bad day, like I'll try to be supportive and vice versa. But it's like now that we've been stuck in this for so long, I think the trick is like we get really grumpy and it's really easy to both get grumpy at each other. Um, no one has the bandwidth left to support anybody else. I think that's yeah. where we are too. <laughs> <laughs> like we're trying, but now like our, our like grumpy cycles are synced up. So it's like, yeah, we're just both going to be pissed at everything today. So I, I had a very bad weekend emotionally and uh, and the wife was at some point like, you know, I don't have anything left to give this one, right? And I was like, oh, you're right. There's a point where this becomes selfish. And like, yes, I'm sad, but I'm not the only person right now that's yeah. sad. And that's a difficult thing to navigate. Yeah. And I think I think something that's been difficult, too, is like with his like potential inner work drama or whatnot, like my opinion on it or my frustration with it is not going to make the situation better. So like one of the difficult things has been me trying to like distance myself, even though I overhear everything. Like I'm right next to that, but I can't, you are as like at the pitch, you are a constant fixer. So I do understand (laughs) how you have this personality (laughs) inclination to be like, I would like to insert myself now with what everyone should do. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you know that about me because sometimes I forget about it, but yeah. (laughs) trying we have a we have returned to something that i used to have when the wife and i uh, used to work at home uh at the same time especially in a very small one-bedroom apartment in los angeles which is that uh when i need social interaction i just burst into her room and go like what's going on what are you doing right now what are things and she's like i am at work and i i can't talk to you right now and i'm like but I need somebody to play with like, I'm one of the, the many cats that we own. I was like, let's talk about things. Like, what are your hopes and dreams? And she's like, it's 2 PM on a Thursday. I don't, uh, I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. And, think- and then I traditionally, as I can't stop doing, I'm, I, I sort of Charlie Brown away like, Oh, okay. So you hate me that. And let's yeah. say, no, no, no. Grow up. You adult man. You can <laughs> recognize the people have limitations. Yeah. No. And I think, I think, um, Travis is kind of more on on Viv's end than than I am, and that he's way more introverted than I am. Not not saying that that's what it has to do with, but when he's like, you know, I need I need to be alone, and I'm like, but let's talk and have lunch together, and he's like, no, like please don't. So <laughs> I think that you saw like me yesterday at work when I uh, kept going to the backyard to uh, sing along to one of my favorite screamy rock groups because I was sending you videos of it, and my wife kept saying like. I can hear you through the wall and it makes work difficult. And I was like, okay, I'll try to stop. And then I didn't for hours. And like the next day she was like, you know that that's untenable, right? And I was like, yes, that is. Okay. You know what? <laughs> well put. Uh, yeah. So you have been doing uh, so much work for us lately. Uh, you, have, of course, on top of everything else, uh, write and cover stories. Tell me about having a, hosting a virtual fashion show. Dude, this was so awesome. So um cassie taylor she's incredible she actually came up with the idea two days before we launched like two days before we went live oh my god excuse me two weeks before she went live so she only had two weeks to like plan this whole thing and she was really sweet to reach out um to me to get involved but it was amazing because it was so good to have a reason to like put clothes on and like dress up for something and like don't get me wrong like i'm not the kind of person who's like 
if you're not wearing pants, not you're not doing your job right during this. Like, no, like wear fucking sweatpants, wear, wear what makes you feel good. Like, that's the most important. But what made me feel good that Friday was like getting dolled up, like hanging out with a bunch of people that I normally wouldn't hang out with um, and like feeling like I was doing something positive and fun and like what, joy bringing. What was the event? It was oh, yeah. a digital fashion show. Yeah, How yeah, did yeah. it work? Yeah. So the Casey Quarantine Digital Fashion Show was um, basically it was a combination of eight different boutiques and eight influencers who rocked and, out. And this all stemmed from the fact that like our normal fashion week here in Kansas City uh, got obliterated. <laughs> yeah, like no fashion events were able to happen, obviously, this season, which sucks because there's a lot of really talented designers out there. And and even though like this um, show didn't feature designers, what it really was doing was featuring boutiques and they were all raising money for harvesters too. So the weekend after the show, um, they donated a percentage of their proceeds to harvesters. So it was like a way to kind of bring attention to local businesses, have a fun night. Yeah. Good question too. Sorry. I keep, I keep talking about things like everyone just knows exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm glad you're (laughs) on it. Um, harvesters is our um, community food network. So what they do is they, um, provide, um, often non-perishable, but meals for, for people in need in Kansas City. Um, and they actually, they're the organization, the nonprofit that we part, like the pitch partners with all the time. So at all of our uh, in-person events, and hopefully the ones that will be happening again soon, um, we always do a harvester's raffle. And they're an, an organization that like I'm really proud of working with because they do a lot of good work for people in need. Um, and they're run by really like some really awesome people. So they're always fun to, to hang out with too. So yeah, that was the virtual fashion show. It was an hour long. There was a live musical performance by Crystal Rose. She killed it. She was on The Voice not too long ago. Um, And uh, I got to see a bunch of people wear some awesome outfits. I... I um, also uh, did photography of yeah. the fashion show. Yeah, that was crazy. So Kelby Reck, he's an awesome photographer. Um, if you, if anyone's been around for our Best of Kansas City last year, he did all the photos for that, which were crazy and so cool. Um, he's at K underscore underscore Reck on Instagram. Um, but he did a bunch of photos um, that we've published on our site of the show. But it's like, how do you photograph a fashion show that's on your computer. So he kind of came up with the way to do that, which was taking screenshots, which I can't even imagine how difficult that would be because you have to like catch the right moment, like not in a camera, but on your computer. Like it just blows my mind. But he makes him catch it in a, in a way that doesn't look like a bunch of grainy, streamy video stuff. Yeah. And he did a phenomenal job. And I think he did. I think it's really interesting just seeing like being stuck inside and having so many things limited to being virtual, like seeing how how Kansas City can still be so creative and that there's still a lot of accessibility and things that you can do and things you can you can create and um, and try and collaborate on that I think we just maybe wouldn't have thought about if we weren't forced to be distanced from each other. <laughs> you know? Necessity, mother of invention, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. in a cultural way, yeah. Yeah, and so which, which actually ties into uh, the you did our cover story uh, for the magazine this month, uh, and and it was something we'd been planning because it was already an issue that we we felt uh, faced the community and we had some great representation for, uh, mm-hmm. and then the COVID lockdown happened and it became even more important in the same way as this yeah. virtual fashion show. Would you like to tell people about your story? Yeah, sure. So um, this month's cover story is about how. Um, 
uh, Kansas City artists are being digitally or virtually erased, like, hey, on theme, baby. Um, but but really what it's about is how there's a number of, of Instagram models and lingerie stores and um, boudoir photographers who are having their photos censored on, on not just Instagram, but on a number of social media platforms. But this kind of started from um, a local model who does a lot of um, nude photography, get her entire account deleted without any any um, notice. And I think the thing that um, I really tried to stress in that story was that, I mean, Instagram's deleting photos, like, who cares? I mean, it's so much more than just, like, looking at a social platform. It has a lot to do with, like, our body image and body positivity and and understanding the um, diversity of our community and, and women around us and men around us and just people who have different shapes and sizes and how necessary it is to see that diverseness in front of our, us. Um, and really, I want you to read the story. But um, the one thing that Brock was mentioning <laughs> that we had to change was this is a story that's close to home for me. It's something that like I'm dealing with my body image perception and how I as a woman feel about myself and the skin that I wear and, um, and how that perception has changed over time. And I really wanted to put that kind of personal part into it and like do a boudoir session and talk about how that felt. But with the lockdown, like obviously that wasn't safe. Um, so I think we're, I'm trying to work on like a follow-up because I still think talking about personal experience can be really beneficial and I think, I mean, I, for one, love reading stories of other people's personal experiences because it helps me put myself in, in their shoes and understand and, like, see the similarities in their journey as mine. And, and when it comes to your self-love journey as a woman, I know that's something that so many women struggle with. And so I really want to bring to light stories that have to do with, you know, how we can better care about ourselves and care about others and and look at our reflections and feel good about it, you know? There's there's a huge part of your story here that uh, was was part of the impetus for writing it, which is that uh, many of the Instagram models that you're writing about are people that uh, either do this as part time work or even full time work, uh-huh. and were getting banned from the platform for the photos that they were putting up. But the photographers who shot them uh, were able to put up the exact same photos, and because they were men. Uh, no one seemed to care and didn't, none of them have been blocked or removed. And so there was a very clear gender bias that was happening yeah. on, on a national, international level here. And to yeah. see how it impacts people locally was just so bizarre. Right. And it's, it's a gender, it's a, a gender issue, but it's also a fat phobia, like, issue as well. Because women, like, hashtags like hashtag curvy or hashtag curvy model or plus size lingerie were being, like, targeted a lot more than thinner themed hashtags. So basically like women it's were really being cool that we focus on uh, women and their weight. Uh, but like the Nazis can be on every platform, and, right? And, you know, free speech. Like, it's so Women's fucked bodies up. Aren't free speech somehow. <laughs> well, and there's so many, like if you, if you say something like men suck, basically, which sidebar, they often do. But if you say something like that, like that's more likely to be taken down on social media than something that's racist um, which is really stupid. Like, why? I just don't why understand. Why would you be so gendist? I know, right? Like, it's is just that a term we've just coined. <laughs> right. I guess it is. No, I think there's just a lot of injustice in the world, and I only had two thousand five hundred words to talk about a little bit of it. So, um, I think <laughs> if you know anything about me, you know I can go for hours about all the fucked up shit online that is targeting women and people of color and um my gays like all that stuff so 
I know, stuff TM. I'm like, really sums up the injustice of the world. But I like that instead of social justice, you're like stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm a huge stuff warrior. I, I I fight for it all because there's nothing not to fight for at this point. <laughs> like, god damn it. So Yeah, what so what are you doing for self care right now that you think others might want to take on <sighs> in their life? Fuck dude. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think, um... That's not a great answer. I that's know. Not, I'm doing... I mean, a... it's, that's honest, and you're doing your honesty thing again, but, like, <laughs> that's not helpful. I know. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm still going to therapy, which has been awesome. Um, I had therapy yesterday, and then, like, right after took a four-and-a-half-hour depression nap, which is not good for my mental health. But I think some of the things I'm trying to do is just, like, give myself time to feel what I need to feel and give myself the excuse, like the chance to be upset and to, to have a harder time because this is a, a goddamn pandemic. I mean, this is a fucking thing that we're not going to just like, like we are going to be severely impacted by this. Everyone is having a really difficult time and I want to give myself the space to be upset by that. And I know you're not answering your question, but a level of self care is like, admitting that you're hurt and you're having a hard time and you feel vulnerable and being okay with that. And so I've just been trying to give myself the space to feel. And then when it comes like on the other side of that coin, like I'm just trying to take it a day at a time because I can't think too far ahead. That stresses me out too much. So it's just, okay, what can I do today that makes me feel centered? That makes me feel good. That doesn't maybe not even good, but that doesn't make me feel bad. Like that's kind of what I'm focusing on. So yeah, it is. Uh, it, it feels so strange to not be able to plan for the future because the thing that drives me up the wall about every ad that's on TV right now that's like, in these uncertain times, <laughs> is, that, um, is that these seem like, to me, the most certain times because tomorrow is going to be exactly like my day today. Nothing is going to change from that. And a week from now, it's going to be the same. And the week after, like, these are very certain times. But also, in, in a human way, like, you're like, I... I don't know what's going to happen. And it's because we've moved beyond like, am I going to wind up going to a party or like what, what's work going to be like? Where am I eating lunch into like, will I have the capacity as a human being to do what I want to do tomorrow? Or am I going to take a four hour depression nap? Yeah. Now only the internal is what is sort of uncertain. (laughs) No, for sure. And like, in all honesty, like I went to the grocery store the other day and I had a panic attack in aisle seven because it was just so fucking overwhelming and so that's what and a lot had of a number of panic attacks around, like going to the grocery store and just like the, the same thing that I'm sure a lot of us experienced in this time, which is, uh, oh, you wind up in the aisle next to somebody that isn't wearing a mask. Exactly. And doesn't give a crap about any of this. And you're just like, please, please move away from me. I yeah. Need you to do so. Yeah. It's like the stress for yourself. But more than that, I'm like, I'm in a room full of people and X percentage of you are going to die in the next three months. Like, how do I feel about that? Like, I just like to spiral on things, which doesn't help. So I think it's just like when that sort of thing happens, like knowing I'm not alone helps. Um, knowing that like I can get home eventually. I don't know. I think I think being the one, the biggest thing this whole thing has done for me is bring me a lot closer to a lot of people in my life. Like, even though not physically, but emotionally, I'm like, I feel like my relationships have grown stronger because I have friends checking in on me and I'm checking in on those friends and I feel connected in a different way because we're all struggling. We're all really struggling, but we're all struggling together, which is kind of cheesy, but it does feel good to be, you know, in the same boat together. 
you uh you had a birthday that hit after we got the stay-at-home orders and so in response you had a dance party uh and it was online where uh, tons of people showed up what is it how do you throw a virtual dance party Oh, I love that. So I I was feeling really sad that week. And so I was like, I just want to bring joy to other people. So I asked everyone to, I asked my buds to dress up and we, we did a little Zoom party. Um, and the thing about Zoom is the audio, I hadn't figured out the audio yet. So I was just like, play your own music and dance with me. But it ended up being like a, a very late night of us just drinking together and dancing in my living room. I have the honor of having a boyfriend who's a photographer and so he like lit the whole thing <laughs> too which is so funny to me that we got like fancy lighting for these virtual events we're doing um but yeah I think I think one thing like that was amazing that party was so fun but one of the things I've been focusing on with this is like as an introvert I've been getting a lot more invites to these virtual parties and I can't do them all because I need to be alone too or else I'm gonna go crazy so making sure that I'm playing you aren't the only introvert friend right now to be like actually like I have my own level of social anxiety because I'm suddenly invited to so many more parties than yeah I don't know how to say no to them because what can I say like I can't say I'm going somewhere that night yeah it's like what are what are your new lies? But honestly, I've been reading this everywhere. What are your new lies? <laughs> right? But now it's, it's like... It's so hard to gaslight right now. <laughs> Can we just make it okay to hang up us like on a phone call without having to be like, oh, I have to go do a thing. Can I just be like, I'm done talking. You're great, but I'm leaving. <laughs> like, can that be a thing, please? <laughs> well, we hit our 20-minute mark here, so I guess we're done. Thank you, Kelsey, so yeah. much for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, more honesty, baby. More honesty. No, I really stopped. We're done. You did? That's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Streetwise, the podcast extension of The Pitch from Kansas City. Please support local journalism. Come to our website. Uh, We have a coloring book that we're selling. You can donate directly to us. We would really appreciate it. The new issue of the magazine is on stands right now. You can find it around the city. I hope you really enjoy what we did. It's a... just a fantastic issue. Uh, please subscribe. Please tell people to enjoy this show. Please subscribe to our uh, Streetwise newsletter that goes out every Saturday. I usually have some fun stuff in there that, uh, that you might enjoy. Pitch in and we'll make it. Thank you so much.